0: The preceding message is brought to you by Kings Word Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kings Word Everywhere Nigeria. Is someone ready for God's Word this morning? Glory to God. We've been looking at the subject God has a plan and purposeful living in troubling times. God has a plan. We are indeed living in troubling times, in changing times, in turbulent times. And many times you might look around and wonder that why is God allowing all these things to happen? Why is God allowing the earth to be shaken in this manner? But if we actually look through the Bibles, we will know that there are situations and there are circumstances in which the earth at the time, the people of God, the people of the world, and the scriptures experience this kind of things. And many times, what always happens out of it is that God ultimately causes his agenda, his will, his purpose to be accomplished. Glory to God. I want to start this morning from the book of Revelations, chapter 11, and verse 15. Then the seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Now that's where we are going to in this world. We're getting to the place where God's kingdom will rule. God's kingdom will reign. God's kingdom will take over all the kingdoms and all the strongholds of this world as we know it today. And Jesus will reign forever and ever. Ultimately, that's what God wants to accomplish God wants his kingdom to take over this world and to take over this earth. And so every day, every year, every month, every moment, every season, there are things that happen that looking at it from the natural alone, you might think that we're taking a step back. But ultimately, if you stay connected to God and if you open your eyes and open your ears and stay connected to the words that God will be speaking per time, you will understand that in the midst of chaos, in the midst of uncertainty that God is still bringing to pass his agenda one way or the other hallelujah glory to God praise the Lord and the reality is that he's going to bring about his agenda through his sons and his daughters God has been in heaven sitting on his throne reigning from his throne in heaven he's never ever going to come to earth But thank God he has placed on this earth men and women. He has placed on this earth agents. He has placed on this earth sons and daughters through whom he constantly drives his agenda. And whether you know it or not, there are people that are being used of God, some people knowingly, some unknowingly, but God is positioning them to ensure that he accomplishes his agenda on this earth. And every one of us, sons and daughters of God can be a part of this. Indeed God's intention is that every one of us finds our place in God's plan. Every one of us finds our place in God's agenda. The Bible says that before I formed you in the womb I knew you and I ordained you for a purpose. Every single one of us has been ordained for a purpose, for a reason. And whether you are walking in the fullness of that agenda, of that plan, of that purpose of God, it's up to you. It's up to you. It's a choice that you make. It's a decision that you make. It's a sacrifice that you make. It's a commitment that you make. Glory to Jesus. So there's a specific plan. There's a specific race that God has set before you as his son and as his daughter. Now, God has given us a prophetic word in Kings Ministries this year that it's a year to restart. It's a year to restart. It's a year to restart. It's a year to refocus. It's a year to relaunch. It's a year to reset. It's a year to begin again. Amen. Now, if a car suddenly, if a car is in motion and it suddenly stops for any reason, Before you, you know, you you restart that engine, you will want to ensure that you find out the reason why it stopped in the first place. So that, you know, that motion is not disrupted anymore. There are some of us that you have stopped running your race for one reason or the other. And God is saying that this year I'm giving you a fresh start. But it's important that you take stock of where you have been in the last couple of days, weeks, months, years. And you ask yourself, what have I been doing? Where have I made mistakes? What things, areas of my life do I need to set in order so that I can restart this race that God has set before me? And some of us, we just need, you know, to, to, to receive fresh strength from God, to receive fresh grace from God. To receive new clarity from God regarding our lives, just to ensure that we can be set back on the path that brings about results, on the path that we know that we are working in God's plan and purpose for our lives ultimately. Amen. Hebrews 12:1 says, "Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Amen. This year you must challenge yourself to be different. You must challenge yourself to think different. You must challenge yourself to do differently. That's what Restart is all about. God is asking us to begin again. God is asking us to get refreshed in his presence. God is asking us to get fresh strength to run the race. God is asking us to restart so that we can cover new ground. God is asking us to restart so that we can, you know, correct some of the mistakes that we have made. Some of the ways in which we have gone astray. God is asking us to restart so that the fullness of his grace can be released and can be revealed through us. In the name of Jesus. What are some of the things that might have held you back? And, and you know, some of these things are insignific- insignificant. You know, very simple things, very small things. The Bible says that it's the little foxes that do what? Hallelujah. Glory God to God. The little foxes. Some of the things that may be holding us back is our cessation. And many of, I mean, many times we need to look into our lives and ask, you know, how can I make this aspect of my life impact me positively, affect me positively, as opposed to bringing about a negative impact in my life. Association is very good. No man is an island. But I tell you that the people that you have around you can make you or break you. The people that you have around you can ensure that you are advancing in God or you are retreating in God. The people that you have around you can ensure that you are multiplying the resources that God has given to you. And at the same time, they can be sucking the life out of you. Glory to God. So it's time to review your association. Any association where someone is not being positively impacted should be questioned. It's either someone is impacting you positively, or you are impacting somebody else positively, or both of you are equally impacting yourselves positively. You know, many times we have friends because, oh, I've, I mean, this guy has been with me for the past, you know, 20 years. But, you know, you might begin to question, you know, what impact is he having in your life or she having in your life? And if you realize that this person is only drawing from you, is only sucking from you, and you are not able to positively impact that person, it's time to begin to question the rationale for your association with him or her. Amen. It's not time for sentiment, ladies and gentlemen. It's not time for sentiment. It's time for us to be focused. It's time for us to understand that what is most important for me in this time is to know what God wants for me and to progress in what God wants for me. God has not called you to be friends with everybody. God has not called you to be associated with everybody. You know, the Bible talks about Jesus Christ and John. You know, John, they criticized John that he was always, you know, in the wilderness on his own because he was so focused. Jesus Christ came and he was hanging about with everybody and they criticized Jesus also. But both of them in their own ways, they were focused on what God called them to do. That was a path that God called them as individuals and irrespective of what the people around them thought about, they remained focused. And that's the attitude that we must have. I have a race to run. I have a race to run. Anything that is not going to empower me in that race, I'm ready to put it aside. Anyone that is not going to empower me in this race, I'm going to put him or she aside. Glory to God. Be deliberate about connecting with people and going after them. The people that you know you need for your destiny. And going after them sometimes it's small thinking it's small thinking it's easy for us to think about me myself and I alone but this time God is challenging us that life is bigger than us as individuals life is bigger than your needs God has an agenda beyond you God has a plan that is beyond you. And so it's time to begin to think and to realize that I am on this earth not just for my needs to be met. Not just for me to have a good job and a nice job and a nice house and a nice family. And thank God all those things are good. It's the same Bible that tells us that God has given us all things richly to enjoy. But God is saying that it's time to expand our thinking. In 2 Samuel 7, Um, You know, the Bible tells us about David. David was a king. He had his throne. He had fought wars, battles, and all was going well for him. But he sat on his throne one day and he told himself, I'm sitting on my throne. All is well around me and God is living in a tabernacle. I think my God deserves much more than this. And so he began to make plans to build a house for God. Eventually, God told him that he was not the one going to build the house, but that his son was going to do it. But what happened? Something that was in, a dream, in, a, in the heart of David, as a dream, as a desire, he was able to transfer it to his son, who caught onto that dream and caught on to that desire and did an excellent job out of it. And you know that the commitment that Solomon gave to building God's house uh, uh, is one of the foundational things that um, uh, made for his success. Made for, the Bible tells us eventually that he was one of the richest kings that ever lived. The Bible talks about the wisdom that God gave to him. Why? All because he took on the dream of his father to go beyond his own needs, to go beyond his own comfort. And many times in this season, God is going to be challenging us. I want to use you, I want to go beyond you. Because I'm concerned about the world. So it's not about your needs alone, it's not about your desires. Isaiah 54:2, it says, Enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge your thinking. Think outside of your needs. Think kingdom. Think community. Think nation. Think what can I do to change my world. And It's not everyone that, you know, is going to be going around, you know, the world, you know, doing one great thing or the other, as it were. But, you know, sometimes your job might be, I'm going to be an excellent mother. I'm going to raise these excellent children. Because those children are the ones that God has ordained to go to the end of the world. And so your assignment might just be, I'm not going to take motherhood just like my mother, you know, raised me. But I'm going to raise world-class children. I'm going to raise children that are going to change their world. And so your assignments might be in your home, might be in your house, but you are raising arrows that will go out for God. And you have fulfilled your own plan in God's agenda in that small corner of yours. But for every single one of us, you know, God has that kind of plan for us. God has that kind of plan for us. But if we don't press into God, if we don't, you know, think about, think beyond ourselves and start thinking, you know, I'm here because God has raised me up as a vessel in his hands. And so God, what would you have me do? Where is my place? I want to find my place in your plan. I'm going to find my place in your purpose. i want to take my place. Praise the Lord. Some people, it's just not being able to control your body. First Corinthians 6.13, and I'll read, I'm reading the message translation. You know the old saying, first you eat to live, and then you live to eat. Well, it may be true that the body is only a temporary thing. But that's no excuse for stuffing your body with food or indulging it with sex. Since the master honors you with a body, honor him with your body. Since the master honors you with a body, honor him with your body. We're in for the long run. We're here for the long haul. And the way you treat your body today will determine whether your body will survive on earth. There are some seeds that you sow today that you will not see the results until several years down the line. So you should ask yourself, what seeds am I sowing? Have I been sowing that I know I definitely don't want to reap this harvest, particularly where my body is concerned? Hallelujah. Pay attention to your body. When you learn to exercise restraint with your body, it has a ripple effect on the other areas of your life. And you can say no to other things that you need to say no to. Amen. Now, what are some of the things that we need to know about the peculiar race that God has called us to as individuals? Your race is unique to you and uniquely different from those around you. Your race is unique to you and uniquely different from those around you. And you will only be effective when you learn to stay in your lane. When you learn to stay in your lane. There are over 6 billion people on the earth. And God makes us understand that there is a different plan, a unique plan that he has designed for each and every individual. Now it's very easy for you to look around you and you see people doing things and you get... You can choose to get inspired, and you can choose to get intimidated, particularly when someone has given themselves to their strengths, when someone has given themselves to their purpose, when someone has given themselves to the area in which they believe that God has called them to do. And sometimes you might feel intimidated and begin to, you know, want to pursue them on their own lane. But it's important that you find your place and you stay in your lane. There are so many places we see in scripture that supports that. The Bible talks about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ gave a parable about um, the the, the talents. God gave one person ten talents. God gave another person five. God gave one, one talent. Why did God give one person ten and one person one? You don't question him. He knows you. He understands you. But that's how he has chosen to give. And two of them decided to make the most of the talents that God had given them. And the last one decided that, oh, okay, he was offended because he got only one talent. And he did nothing with it. And he hid that talent. But look at what happened to the person that used, the two people that used their talents. They got more. What could have happened to that one person if he used that one talent, if he celebrated that one talent, if he gave his best to that one talent that God had given to him? he will definitely have gotten more because that's the way God operates. Faithful in little is ruler over much. You know, many times when God reveals things to us, he doesn't show us the entire picture. He doesn't show us the entire picture. And that's why we have been called to a life of faith. But when you begin to take steps in God, when you begin to take steps of faithfulness in God, then you begin to discover more and more of yourself that you never knew was there. But if all you do is to look down on yourself and think that you don't have anything to offer and, you know, hide anything that even looks like it could be a blessing to someone else within you, you are never ever going to achieve a life of fullness you're never going to achieve a life of fullness. You're never going to be effective for God. So God chooses, you know, what kind of race he calls each person to run. And it's unique to each person. It's individual to you. Your allegiance is not to any man. Your allegiance is to God. If you run another man's race, and at the end of it all, you stand before God, and God tells you, I didn't ask you to run this race. So whatever God... Gives to you. Wherever God has called you. Like Paul said. I magnify my office. I magnify my office. If it's one little talent that you think you have. Use it to the best of your endeavors. The Bible says that whatever your hands find to do. You do it with all your minds. You do it with all your minds. But every single person is definitely a part of the puzzle of God for fulfilling his agenda on earth. Every single person has a part to play. Every single person has a role. Glory to God. Amen. So we don't question God. We don't question God, but we take the picture that he has given us. We take the abilities that he has given us and use them. And as we stay faithful, then God begins to pour more. Then God begins to reveal more. Then God begins to open our eyes to more. What you see about yourself now is definitely not all there is to you. That's one thing you should realize. And that's why the Bible says that we see in parts, we know in parts, we understand in parts. You only know and understand yourself in parts. The person that has made you, the person that has created you, and the person that has said that you are complete in him. That's what the Bible says in Colossians. That you are complete in him. Who is the head of principality and power? You are complete in him and everything that you need to fulfill a life of purpose. Everything that you need need to live a life that impacts your world. Everything that you need to make a difference on this earth, God has given unto you. God has given unto you. But sometimes we may not see anything. We will not see the fullness if we don't even decide to step out in faith. If we don't even decide to take a step of faith and begin to labor with what God has given to us. And begin to run the race based on the level of understanding and the level of knowledge that we have today. God leads you one step at a time, one day at a time. Here a little, there a little, that's what the Bible tells us. Glory to God. So don't embrace any opportunity to look down on yourself. In God's eyes, it makes no difference. Greatness, not success. Greatness is what God has called you to, a life of greatness. And God is the one that defines what that greatness is. Not necessarily what people think about you. Not necessarily what people think about you. So learn to celebrate where you are today. And learn to trust God that God knows what is best for you. God has given you where, I mean God has placed you where you can best fit his agenda. God has placed you where you can prosper the most. God has placed you where you can be your best. Amen. Glory to God. So when you maximize all that God has given to you, God begins to show you more and more and more. So it's time to begin to understand that I have completeness within me. I have completeness within me. God has deposits within me. The Bible says that we have the treasure in nothing vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I am complete in God. And so where I am today, and with the resources that I have today, and with the abilities and the giftings that I have today, I can make a difference in ensuring that God's kingdom takes over the kingdom of this earth. Glory to God. Now in running the race that God has set before us, there are going to be challenges, there are going to be tribulations, there are going to be difficulties. This year has started already with with so much bad news, with so much tribulations left, right and center. And that's where hope comes. And that's where hope comes. I'm going to read um, Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 says, looking unto Jesus... The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, and the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Jesus has left an example for us to follow. God sent Jesus Christ into this earth for an assignment. And the Bible says that he kept before him the picture, the end picture, the end goal. And so despite the hardship, despite the difficulties, he endured it all. Why? He kept that hope alive. That joy that was set before him, he kept it alive. And so that kept him going on day after day, week after week, and month after month. So I tell you that even in this year, 2021, there are going to be difficulties. The fact that you are in the plan of God and you are in the will of God does not mean that you will not have difficulties. But what do you do in that circumstance? You keep the hope alive. You keep the picture of the end goal alive on your inside. Romans 12 verse 12 says, Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. I like the way the the Passion Translation puts this. It says, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Don't give up in a time of trouble because there's definitely going to be trouble. And that's where you should allow hope to burst forth from inside of you. Every day of your life, every day of this month, every day of this year. Allow hope to burst forth from inside of you. And that hope should cause you to rejoice. One of the prophetic words that God has declared of us um, um, in this year as a ministry is that this is our year to Rejoice. This is our year to rejoice. This is our yet to rejoice. So you will look at that hope ahead of you and you will begin to rejoice. No matter what you see around you, no matter the difficulties, a thousand may be falling at your side, but you have a hope because you have a covenant with God. You have a hope because you have a covenant with God. God's will, God's plan, God's, God's, God's instructions to us should give us a hope. Let that hope burst within you. Jesus Christ was able to endure because of the hope he had. Because of the hope he had. He saw the fact that he was going to rejoice after the period of pain that he was going through. Amen. And so in doing things for God and walking for God and doing the will of God and running our race, there's got to be endurance required from us. Because there will be tribulation, because there will be hardship, there will be difficulties. But what do you do? You keep the hope alive on your inside. You rejoice in that hope. You are patient in tribulation. And like Pastor T has been teaching us, you can draw hope from experience. Either your own experience or the experiences of the men and women of God that we have in the Bible. Or the experiences of others. But more than ever before, let hope rise up within you and keep hope alive. Whether it's dark around you, whether it's light around you, whether things are going well around you, whether things are going tough around you, you must keep that hope alive because ultimately God's will will still be done with or without you because God can never be stranded. Because God can never be taken aback by whatever happens to us or happens around us. He's not surprised, but he still keeps going. And that's the same attitude that we also should have. That we keep running the race. We keep running the race. And like Paul said, that I have finished my race. In the midst of everything that came against him. In the midst of everything that came to crush him. In the midst of everything that came to set him back. He was able to say... I finished my race. He stood in his race. There's a race that God has called you to, ladies and gentlemen. You as an individual. It's your responsibility to seek God's face. Amen. In this season of restart, to begin to ask God, show me where I fit into your plan. Show me how I fit into your plan. Fill me with your thoughts. Fill me with your thoughts. Fill me with your desires, the desires of the things that you want to do. Let my heart be focused on your will, on your desires, on your kingdom, and the things that you want to do, and not necessarily on my own needs and desires. And the truth is that as you focus on the kingdom of God, Matthew six thirty three, that when you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all these things shall be added unto you things shall be added unto you. So it's time to begin to seek out God's plan. It's time to begin to run the race that God has set before us. It's time to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. It's time to lay those things aside and it's time to focus on your lane and stay in your lane and don't be distracted and don't be intimidated. But you draw grace from Jesus on a daily basis, on a month-by-month basis, on a year-by-year basis. And that's why the Bible says that we should come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might find grace to help in time of need. You can only run that race effectively by the grace of God. So you can never ever get to the point where you think, oh, I've arrived and I think I can do it on my own. The moment you begin to do that, you begin to sink. ask Peter, ask Peter. So there must be a daily and a conscious effort to draw grace from the throne of grace, from Jesus. A daily and a conscious effort to keep hope alive. Because what God wants to do is bigger than you. What God wants to do is bigger than what you might be experiencing around you. It's time to keep our hearts focused on the kingdom of God like never before. Because God has a plan for you, through you, and for him to be accomplished. Hallelujah. Let's rise on our feet this morning. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue.